Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Totally On Call For. I'm your boy Jack, and as always, I got my co-host Digger with me. Let me get up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're back with another episode tonight. And uh, Dinger, uh, how, how's everything been going for you, bro? What's good? It's good. I just got back from the gym. I actually saw Leonard Fournette hooping in the gym. Oh, three, yeah? Three. Yeah, I did. Damn, that's pretty cool. I yeah, mean, it was pretty cool, but I, I don't know. He, I don't think he should be hooping. Injured. His hamstring's always injured. I'm not sure that's the best thing to be doing when you got a bum hamstring and you're always getting knee problems just playing basketball on the weekend with your boys, but it's all good. Yeah, honestly, I was going to say the same thing. I don't know if he should be balling in LA Fitness while he's uh, been a detriment to fantasy. He can make his own decisions. Um, talking about some more disappointments, Stinger. Uh, what are your thoughts on the, the latest Game of Thrones season? Honestly, I've been hearing a lot of mixed reviews. Some people are uh, very high on it, and some people are pretty much the opposite. What, where do you lie on that spectrum? Well, first of all, I don't really know how many people who are that high on it, you know, is mean, speaking solely from, you know, social media mentions and articles coming out on Business Insider, Forbes and all these random ass fucking news outlets, quote unquote news outlets, mind you. Anyway, but yeah, it, it's a bit disappointing. I've sort of been saying that after episode two, season one was raw with all the reunions and stuff. And episode two just sort of seemed like, you know, just prolonging the inevitable. They could have cranked that down into one episode and, you know, given us more detail where it comes to a bunch of different things, you know. Like, at this point, I already feel like the Battle of Winterfell is irrelevant. I've already forgot about it. It doesn't even seem like the Great War, really, at this point. (laughs) All right. Well, I mean, I I don't really know if we need to be given our analysis of the episode. Um, we don't want to be spoilers to anyone, even though it was been, it has been a couple of days. Uh, but I know how bad it feels to spoil this episode for someone because I fucked up really badly this week with my roommate <laughs> and I actually spoiled like the entire last episode for him. And, uh, he, he really hasn't forgiven me for it yet. So let's try to like, keep the, the details to a limited, I guess, stinger just out of respect. But, uh, I, I I'm, pretty much a unique game of thrones fan i guess you could say um dinger i've been on the record multiple times in the past talking mad shit about game of thrones and how i wouldn't like it and nick my my brother showed me one episode and i fell asleep during it which i mean honestly that's not a fair way to to assess my liking of a show because i fall asleep during everything but anyways um but now i ended up watching it and and i really do like it but I'm not caught up to the new season, Dinger. Where are we at? Season eight? Yeah. And uh, so I'm caught up to about season five. And I'm also watching season eight. So now no one can spoil the ending for myself other than me. You feel me? Yeah, I feel you. And, you know, you're definitely in a unique situation. I think it's a lot different than from, like, people who, you know, have been, you know, you basically go from, like, binging an entire episode, the entire series. So you really don't have time to analyze each episode for, you know, a whole week after it happens. And mm-hmm. obviously now around, I would say around season four, five, six is when everybody, you know, got caught up. I mean, I was in a similar situation with you where, you know, I started watching two, I started watching the show like 10 days before the premiere 
of episode of season seven. So, and I didn't quite finish all the episodes before the first episode. So, you know, it, it definitely was difficult at that time to make sure, you know, everything wasn't spoiled, but it's definitely a unique perspective when you go from watching everything in a binge mm-hmm. and then it all culminating like, like that. So you don't have time to analyze each and every single episode, each and every single type of detail where now, you know, we, we binge watched it for six seasons straight, seven seasons straight. And now it goes episode by episode and you can really scrutinize every tiny little detail. Everybody on social media is all fussed for six days, creating mm-hmm. memes here and there leading up to it. Yeah. I mean, the social media following has to make so much money for this show. It's incredible. You know, and it's obviously hard, you know, episodes, season seven and eight, both don't have a book script to go off of. You know, even though George R. R. Martin, I think, believes stopped, stopped writing episodes and having a big hand in how everything was going down after season four, I think was, was when he stopped. They still had books to go off of for seasons five and for season six. And now they're just making up all this stuff from scratch. You know, obviously the ending, they're getting the approval of George R.R. R. Martin, but he hasn't even read the script and not not given all those little hints about details here and there. He just basically knows what the plot is and who ends up on the throne and how it ends. So it's it's obviously a lot different scenario now. And, you know, I'm sure some of these actors – I mean, it should have been stretched to 10 episodes this whole yeah, season. Yeah, for real. But, Honestly, like, uh, sorry, I'll let you finish. Yeah, I'm sure some of these actors don't want to really be, like, filming for a full year, you know. they It took them 60 days to film the Battle of Winterfell alone, and that's a lot of script time for, you know, the characters, like, that were part of that episode, which was pretty much everybody up in the North, obviously, it's the Battle of Winterfell. So I, I sort of get it from that perspective. But they could have done a better job. I, I, we all know wrapping up a TV series is one of the hardest things to do. But I'm, I'm not, I guess, so unhappy about how things are going. Like, the cinematography of a lot of these episodes is great. There's obviously great moments in every episode. But it just leaves me wanting a little bit more from a certain few characters. Yeah. Um, from, my, from my perspective, this season is a little different than most. I feel like a lot of the, the seasons that I have seen so far have been pretty slow to develop the story and the plot and everything. And this is kind of, I mean, it, it does feel like six episodes is not enough for this ending, in my opinion, even though I'm not even fully up to what's going on right now. But like, I feel like everything is happening very fast when, honestly, if they, like you said, like 10 episodes, even eight episodes, something to draw these things out because, uh, this this show draws so much hype and so much uh, so much of a following that they owe it to the viewers to um, draw whole show and you know it's a very difficult thing it, no one because no one wants the show to end so I, I definitely feel like I, I I'm a little bit in the middle here I, I don't know if it deserves to be getting as much flack as it's getting, but I definitely think they could be doing a better job then. Yeah. Well, with that, there's another big topic out right now. Something that recently just dropped today and it's potentially big news for all you video game heads out there. Yes. Yes. Dinger, why don't you tell the viewers or the listeners what that's all about? So the NCAA is considering compensating 
NCAA players for their likeness. So I don't know if they're going to be paying them. A, I, they're definitely not going to be paying them a salary. But what it basically is, is they're going to be allowing players to compensate off their likeness. And with this new, I guess, deal or arrangement that the NCAA is making, it could, you know, in turn, bring back the return of NCAA college football. Jack, do you remember playing that game? Oh, I'm an absolute beast in that game. Xbox 360, I guess Xbox One 2, because it's the same controls, but I have never played uh, NCAA on Xbox One. But anyways, uh, catch me on that any, any year. I got you. Any year. Anyone, if they want to slide in the DMs, call me out to a game. I got you. Yeah. I promise. You cannot touch me. PS4, PS3, whatever, that's a different story. I, I, I really am not that great with it. I, my roommates have beat the shit out of me on the PS, on, on the PlayStation, whatever. But catch me on Xbox. I got anyone, dinger. Yeah, I know uh, your brother, well, your youngest brother is, you know, I guess a Fortnite savant. Might be yeah, on the Xbox really One and video games in general. So maybe maybe you got a little bit of that video game blood in you as well. But anyway, getting back to NCAA, I think this is potentially big news. You know, if you think about it, it could bring back the return of, you know, NCAA on for basketball as well, as long as in funneling over that way. And obviously it's unfair when universities like Duke are making up to like three to five million dollars. And the NCAA in general is making money off players just like Zion. If you just look and compare the tickets prices from games that Zion were, was playing on and, you know, any other team, even the Blue Bloods like Kentucky and UNC, they weren't even close to attracting the same prices that Duke was in their games. And obviously it's unfair because he's generating so much money for the NCAA and there's so much school and he can't even make money, you know, I guess signing an autograph or, you know, making money off his Instagram account, uh, you know, promoting products per se. And it's definitely hypocritical. And, you know, I get the whole thing like, you know, we're selling them an education, like hearsay, she say. That makes sense if you don't want to pay them, but not allowing them to make money off their likeness is sort of bullshit, if you ask me, you know, and suspending players for signing autographs or selling shoes that were gifted to them through the program is total complete and utter bullshit and you know i think this is going to pave the way for possibly not losing players early to you know the to leave to go to the nfl or leaving players early to go to the nba more specifically if you think about it a lot of these nfl players are hurting their draft stock and you know getting drafted in the third to fifth to sixth round even when you know they stay one extra year at alabama you know further themselves in that power get a lot more game tape on them and possibly end up as a first or second round pick and whether that be for family reasons because you know a lot of these players don't are don't come from the best upbringing in mm-hmm. in some in sometimes and you know they want to they want to as quickly as possible as you know make some money for their family to get their mama out of wherever she is or you know help their bro- little brother or sister and stuff like that so i get it when it happens but a lot of times they're hurting their draft stock and you know for star player you know, to be making an extra like ten to twenty thousand dollars a year or even a month just from you know selling an autograph here and there, or I guess getting a small compensation package from the NCAA for using his name and his jersey number in a video game. I think that would be definitely beneficial to players and for the fans and the whole experience of you know watching and playing sports. 
Yeah, I, I definitely think we are headed in the right direction with this. Um, if we could get some form of uh, compensation to the players, because the NCAA monetizes so much off of um, off these players, and for us to lose the game of NCAA because of this bullshit, we need to bring that shit back and support it. So if we get these players any money for their hard work on and off the field, I'm all for it. Like you said, some of these people, they don't have the best um, uh, family situations and whatnot back home. Um, what they get from the school, meaning like their room and board, tuition, all that stuff, that's about all they have some, in some situations. They met a lot of football players at UCF much but we gotta we gotta find a way to take care of these athletes one way or another it's about time NCAA brightens the shapens up and figures this because the players deserve that's for sure yeah Jack I don't know if you you're not the biggest cartoon guy but I don't know if you remember there was a South Park episode called the crack baby basketball association and i think i think i remember that a little bit but tell me more about it so so basically what cartman did obviously cartman the biggest schemer is you know he would go to crack baby he'd go to a crack crack baby hospital and you know would go and volunteer and play with them set up a video camera place a tiny little bit of baby tiny bit of crack into a small plastic ball and you know let the babies fight over it and (laughs) And obviously, he was making a lot of money streaming this stuff online. And he turns into a whole big league, you know. And, you know, Kyle obviously comes to, like, tries to ruin the party, you know. But, you know, gets intrigued by the money. And they try to, you know, I guess, unfairly use his his Jewish, um, I guess. Background. uh, Background as, as, as motivation for him, I guess going off of him, you know, trying to do the right thing. And Cartman basically one time basically dresses up as like a plantation owner and walks into the University of Colorado Boulder's athletic director's office and basically talks about how, um, like, asks how he gets away with, you know, having his players be slaves, basically. And <laughs> oh, yeah, like, yeah, I do remember that like, part. We do not have slaves. They are called student athletes. And Cartman goes... <laughs> Oh, that's genius, sir. <laughs> athletes. And, and I remember that episode now. That show is hilarious. Obviously, they're blowing out into proportion. But if you think about it, these players aren't even allowed to make money themselves. You know, they're not even – I wouldn't even know if they'd be allowed to go to the bar and become like a bartender because they'd be getting, you know, too much tips because they're a professional ba- basketball slash football player. So, obviously, this is – a complicated situation and hopefully the NCAA can work an agreement out with maybe the, I don't know if the NCAA even has a player's union, but can work out some sort of deal where these players, you know, can make money off their likeness and it'll bring back a great loved game from back in the day. You know, I, I specifically remember playing with, you know, the Longhorns team and Reggie Bush on USC way back in the day. Cause I believe that might've been one of the last games that they had with Reggie Bush on the cover. They were using his goddamn face on the cover for first of all, yeah. So obviously I mean, it's a really tricky situation, but I hope the NCA is able to figure it out, and you know we get these games back from our childhood, and hopefully it'll bring back a little bit of nostalgia. Yeah, you know another game that you just brought back to my mind, Dinger. What backyard backyard baseball, baby? You remember that Ooh. one on on PC? Pablo Sanchez, buddy, bro. Go. I was I was the fucking man at that game too. Anyone, if y'all. If anyone has that game, let's get it. 
I'm I'm down. I'm bro, I, I'm, I'm sure you can oh. download that on your fucking computer for free off like Steam or some shit like that. But well, can someone help us out and figure that out? Because I'm trying to clap some cheeks with uh, what's his name, Kenny Tamaguchi or whatever his name is, or oh, that's cool. Um, or uh, Pete Wheeler, you know the whole squad, fucking out there. Oh my god, I was the best at that game. That's all I got to say about that. But um, Dinger, um, was that all that you had to say about this college whole thing? Because uh, I'm I'm pretty much at a loss for words. Yeah, no, it. no, no. I'm pretty good on the. I'm pretty good on this whole thing. So why don't we go to commercial break real quick? Yeah, and you know we'll yep. talk some playoff basketball. Definitely. I got to go pick up a, a couch off, offer up. So let me go bust that mission real fast. We'll be right back, guys. Have you ever found yourself surrounded by junk and you just don't know how the hell it got there? Have you been hoarding some of your family heirlooms for the past 30-something years? Well, we got a solution for you guys, and it's with our friends over at Offer Up. okay? If you have some stuff that you just need to get rid of, put it on offer up. Let someone else take care of it. Let it be their problem because you know what? You don't have time for that shit. Okay? And if you're trying to buy some stuff, I just got myself a new couch. You know? That shit maybe smells like a little bit of cat piss. But that shit nice. Go on offer up and find your hidden gems. Get rid of your bullshit. They're the best. Offer up. And we're back. Thank you so much to our sponsor, OfferUp, your best favorite app for selling all your unwanted shit. All right, Dinger, we're back, and we got a guest now. Tell us about who we brought yes. on to the pod tonight, we, brother. We brought on Mr. 954 himself, Broward Gang 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 Kodak shit in this bitch. The one, the only, the Gabe. How's it going, buddy? Hey, what's going on, my brothers? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Sad to say, my guy Kodak, he got arrested again. Gun charges. <laughs> facing uh, 10 years. Talk, boy. But, you know, that's how it goes when you're from these streets, you know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That guy came from the gutter, and he's fucking working his way out. Shout out our boy Kodak. So, Dinger, why don't you tell uh, our listeners why we brought our boy Gabe on tonight? Yeah, so, you know... We Gabe is our resident basketball expert. He went on a big heater early on. And I remember, you know, I called him out last week. We were trying to get him on a little bit earlier as well when he was, you know, piping hot off his last heater. It's died down a little bit, but his wealth of basketball knowledge is still valuable to this podcast. So we brought him on to talk about, you know, the playoffs this year. And the biggest news, honestly, of the week so far was the NBA lottery. Gabe, what were your thoughts on that? Well, the NBA lottery, man, you know, I, I was happy to see the, the changes, you know, the league is forming, the league is doing this, the league is doing that. But ultimately, I'm kind of pissed off with the way it turned out. You know, I feel like Zion is going to be drafted by the Pelicans. It's just going to be another wasted career. You know, Anthony Davis has been there for seven years almost. And what's happened to him? Nothing. You know, he's right. averaging 20 and 20 almost every season, but that doesn't get the, you know, rings. Yeah. You know, yeah. look at what happened to uh, Chris Paul. He was there for so long, had to leave. His career got thrown into the wind. I'm just not too happy with the way it's turning out. And then, you know, ultimately, I, I you know, the people are saying, oh, uh, it's going to be no tanking, no tanking, no tanking. And I just feel like, you know, this is going to keep the bad teams bad because now it's teams like, you know, the, the Pelicans, they didn't do terrible, you know. 
but teams like the Knicks, teams like, you know, the Suns who got snubbed, the Bulls, it's really going to yeah. end up hurting them in the long run. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree with you, Gabe. Um, this is honestly, uh, what was it? Two percent chance for the Pelicans to make it that high and get that high yeah. traffic. I think they had uh, like an eight point three percent to drop into the top four, but only a two percent for the number one overall, which is yeah. Yeah. insurmountable odds. Sort of reminds so me of I'm, the yeah. Cavs back in the day when they got Kyrie or something along the lines like that. Maybe so, not Kyrie, but funny story that I actually read. Um, apparently, there has been a um, you know mystical tie. Yeah, yo, going I around. read that too. That was and, a pretty cool story. Yeah, apparently the last three times that the uh, Cavs got you know their top picks, we back when they were doing really bad, even though they are right now. But uh, this tie was worn by Gavin Gentry, right? And mm-hmm. it's this tie that got passed around uh, for the fourth time now has led to the number one pick. So yeah. supposedly, you know, it's supposed to be superstitious, but. Mm-hmm. I don't really yeah. buy into it. I think it's more of a rigged scenario, if you ask me. But yeah. you think it's rigged that the Pelicans won? No, I don't or, think. Or it's... You think it's rigged that the Knicks didn't win it? It's hard to this say is... that it's rigged. I see, you know, Gabe. I, I I sort of got to disagree and jump in on here real quick. I don't think it's rigged at all. They wouldn't have had the Grizzlies and the Pelicans go one or two. If you're telling me that the Lakers ended up with the number one pick, then honestly, maybe we could start having that conversation. But this is not what's best for the NBA. Having a yeah. star, the new budding star of the NBA, well, I mean, from all the hype that he's had, you know, he's a marketable player. Nike was going to give him $100 million probably before he ended mm-hmm. up signing into New Orleans. New Orleans can't even fill their stadium. Even when they were a playoff team, they couldn't fill their stadium with a player like Anthony Davis. And honestly, like, I, I'm, I get it, the brow, you know, that's his thing. I don't think he's maybe as marketable as a player like Zion. But he's just going to yeah. go and lay to waste for seven years in, in the Pelicans. And honestly, I, if I was Zion, I probably would, you know, sit out a year, go to Duke. Or, you know, I was hearing Colin Coward say about how he could, you know, hit up Greg Popovich and, you know, decide to just play on the U.S. team and, you know, get an internship with Nike for $15 million for a year. Because I'm sure they'd give him that type of money because that's the type of player he is. But, I mean, if you continue to think about it, it's like, if you if he like because I was getting all up on that board of the hype trade and then I sort of thought about it for a second. OK, so this year, you know, he doesn't go to the Knicks next year. I mean, this year he doesn't go to the Knicks and he ends up on the this year. He's on the shitty Pelicans. next year. He winds up on the Sacramento Kings. Is that really that much better for him and for the NBA? No, I, I we would love to see him in New York. And, you know, apparently there's it's like almost 100 percent chance that Kevin Durant is uh, going to New York. He's recruiting people right now. But I, I wouldn't say that it's rigged. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I, I, when, I probably would have said it, it was rigged if it went to either New York or LA or something like that. Because, I mean, yes, New York was terrible and they kind of tanked for this and it didn't pay off for them. But, I mean, New York is probably one of the biggest markets in sports. Having yeah. Zion in this in the Garden, Madison Square Garden, every night. Like, come on, you can't get more, more money. No, the revenue, the revenue would have been insane. But my Mm -hmm. thing about tanking that it's always been tough for me to comprehend is, you know, the executives can say what they say. The coaches can do what they do. But as a player, you know, as somebody who's loved the game since childhood, right? Since age five, these people have been playing. And even some before that, how can they have, you know, 
the the heart and say they love the game and then go and tank. That's well, where they, I've always had that that tough thought to to not be able to you know understand like you know tanking is a thing. I suppose you know Mark Cuban said it a few years ago, right? He said they were going to try to tank, but ultimately it just as as a player, how can you go out there on the court and purposefully lose? No. That's why I haven't always bought into tanking. Well. You know, I know it's a problem, but I completely agree with you. No, Gabe, I I agree 100% wholeheartedly with what you're saying. But if you look about the lineups that the teams are putting out, J.R. Smith left the Cavs because he wasn't getting enough playing time. Not because he wasn't good enough, and obviously J.R. Smith is not the player he once used to be. It's because they were starting these young scrubs ahead of him because the Cavs are trying to get a better, worse record. You know, that's what happens. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not they play their young players to give them quote unquote experience, which, you know, I do think helps further them. But it, it, you just you just put up lineups of players that don't mesh together, or you know, just try out a bunch of different experiments to you know see what works, you know, for the next year. So it's a lot of trial and error, and you know that's why it doesn't work completely wholeheartedly. You know, yeah, like yeah, definitely. Like yeah, touching, touching, touching back on the uh, the Zion thing, going yeah. to you know uh, the Pelicans. I do think that it's you know, something that he's not obviously in control of, right? I, I don't think that he's going to be able to just sit out. I don't think that he's the the caliber of player to do that. And also, I think that his popularity wouldn't make it something that's possible for him to just sit out and just, you know, throw his hands in a fit and just say, I'm not playing on the Pelicans, you know, because that's – he already has haters. Kid's 18 and, you know, half the people on Instagram Bleacher Report comments hate Zion, right? Mm-hmm. Half the people, you know, love him because he's, you know, great. He's a great player. I think he's really going to be the next prodigy of the NBA, the way he comes off the ball, the way he moves with his quickness, his strength. You know, shooting, he's not the best, but he is a lefty. And then he also is, you know, shooting is something that you could work on. You know, look at LeBron when he first came into the league. Half the people said, you know, LeBrick, right? He couldn't necessarily shoot. Look at, you know, Jason Kidd couldn't shoot when he first got in the league, right? But they work on their game. They get better, they get better. And shooting is something that comes with, you know, with time. But, you know, I think that pure raw talent that he has, that quickness off the ball, that ability to take the defender to the hole, just yam it. That's God-given gift, you know? So that's where I think that he's too good of a player to try to, you know, say, I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to just go to Team USA. I'm going to take the money for the internship. I'm just going to not do that, you know? So that's where I, I kind of think that ultimately it will help the NBA that he's there. You know, he's going to be on the Pelicans. That's shit, right? That's trash. Mm-hmm. But he'll get there. You know, he'll get his way. And eventually, you know, he'll go over to whatever team he wants to go to, whether it's the Knicks, the Lakers, or whatever. But it just sucks to see, you know, he's going to be on this minor scale stage in the freaking mm-hmm. – you know, New Orleans garbage, you know? Do you think that um, Zion Knight, like, refused to sign anything other than a one-year deal? I'm not sure. No, you're forced. Work. You're for- So you're actually forced to sign the really? rookie deal? Yeah, you're you're basically there for seven years because – Really? It's a seven-year automatic deal? That is bullshit. No, 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 it's not. It's a four-year deer – deal, not deer. It's a four-year <laughs> deal, and the first two years – the first two years, you basically play out your contract, and then before your third year is usually when they just offer you the max or the max amount that they can pay you. And it's basically stupid to not take that deal because that's two more years of you earning the seven or eight million dollars as opposed to thirty million dollars you get for the next two years. So you basically just end up saying fuck it and signing the, that other four year, that other five year deal, and it ends up being a seven year deal with 
what Anthony Davis is doing right now. Because if you're good, you immediately sign. LeBron did the same thing. Um, yeah, that's what that's what Jokic that, did. They exactly. got him on a five year, hundred fifty million. Exactly. Right that's out what, of you know. His that's second, what you yep, do. That's exactly Jesus. What so it basically yeah. you're you're basically it's dumb to not take that deal. So in in theory, you're there for seven years. So like you think about it, the Hornets and you know I think the Hornets are actually in a good position. You know, I think that they trade Anthony Davis. Hornets? You talking about Hornets? Or the Pelicans? Pelicans. I'm sorry. They used to be the Hornets. God damn. Yeah. <laughs> I actually think the Pelicans are in a good position. You know, if you can convince Drew Holiday to stay, because obviously you're not keeping Anthony Davis. He's already come out and said he still wants to go. I get it. Mm-hmm, he, mm-hmm. he would be – he wouldn't be playing second fiddle to Zion. Zion would be playing second fiddle to him. But, you know, all the fans are going to be wearing the Zion jerseys and not the Anthony Davis jerseys. So, and, you know, David Griffin is one of the better um, GMs in the league. So I'm sure he'll just probably get the best player available. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in a Laker. You know, the Lakers get somebody like Jimmy Butler and Kyrie. And obviously they're contenders in the West again. And hopefully Kevin Durant goes to the Knicks. So obviously I would have loved to see Zion go to like the Bulls and the Knicks or make one of the bigger teams where he could become more marketable and, you know, make more money for him. It, it, and I don't like him in the Pelicans. But the NBA, I think, is in a good state. You know, the, obviously, Golden State's still a fucking tr- like Power a fucking house, choo-choo yeah. train without Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant was basically just like the sprinkles on top of the cake already with the icing. You know, it, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I do think that the NBA is going down a good path. I think that a lot of you know younger players are only getting better. You know, just kind of like the theory of evolution, right? We're only going to be getting better as time goes on as humans. So it makes sense that, you know, that players are going to continue to get better. And that's what makes me excited for the future. You know, you look at just this draft class with John Morant, with, uh, you know, the Duke trio, with all these great players. RJ Barrett, yeah. Exactly. And it just seems like, you know, they're only getting better and better. So the NBA, I think, will eventually even out through all these super teams and all this nonsense. Like, you know, hopefully Kevin Durant does leave the Warriors because that'll make it more interesting to even watch the postseason. Because, you know, uh, their ratings have been going down, apparently. I'm not too familiar with that situation, but yeah. I do know from conversations that it is going down and yeah, it's it, losing to it, stuff like the NHL. It but, is. Gabe, it, it is. And it, it's not like it, it's nothing major, you know. It just needs another star, you know. It Everybody just get getting tired of the repetitive LeBron uncompetitive versus the Warriors. But, you know, the actual the, – the Game 7 finals, Warriors versus Cavs, and they came back on from that 3-2 deficit, was the most watched Game 7 since, I believe, the 96 Bulls finals. So it, it, yeah. it, it definitely helps to have LeBron in there. But getting another star like Zion to be, you know, in the playoffs is just going to make it that much more interesting. And I'm sorry, I just had to say this one thing. Do you guys remember Danny Granger on the Indiana Pacers? Yes. Of course. Bro, of course. He, he, his game reminds me of R.J. Barrett. If you watch, he's like – R.J. Barrett's like, uh, really? like a skinnier, more athletic Danny Granger. Where did you pull that from, Dinger? Like what, <laughs> what archives in the Dinger fucking – Dinger Dome of a brain that you have – like, what, where'd you pull that from, Daniel? I was, you know, I always like to try to do, do like, a player comparisons, you know, with just looking at players. Like, everybody says John Morant is compared to, you know, Russell Westbrook, and uh, obviously Zion is compared to, like, Charles Barkley combined with fucking Blake Griffin into one. And I was just, like, thinking I've about R.J. I've never RJ. heard that, but all right. And basically <laughs> I was thinking that R.J. Bear, I was like, who is he, like? 
Paul George. Like I was just started naming people, Paul George, Jimmy Butler. And then like, after I thought Paul George, I was like, yo, Danny Granger. I just feel like they had like a very similar shot. Danny Granger was good from three. He was a crafty, creative score. And that's basically what RJ Barrett is obviously. But RJ Barrett's also like a fucking athletic freak just as much as Zion is. Maybe Uh, not just as much, but anyway. Yeah, Dinger, I, I I feel you, and we might need to look more into that. Maybe get a post up on the Instagram comparing the two because that's a little Definitely. out there. It's been a while since I've seen <laughs> my boy Danny Granger on the hardwood. But uh, getting back on track here, Gabe, you made an inst- interesting take this week that I think we need to talk about here. You said that okay. you think the NBA is going to surpass the NFL in, I guess, what, viewership or like – market share or whatever it may be. I can't recall exactly. Uh-huh. What you think the NBA is going to surpass the NFL in popularity. And I'm pretty sure Dinger would I, disagree with that wholeheartedly. If I'm not, mistaken. I do. I do think that eventually the NBA will get past the NFL. And I think there's a variety of reasons, you know, we can talk about the politics. We can talk about the safety. We could talk about a bunch of different things, but ultimately I think that more and more kids are going to be not pushed, but you know, guided towards basketball i think that basketball carries a different level of safety in regard to you know the brain we're not talking about you know a lot of people tear their acls there's a lot of gruesome injuries you know the nourish injury the paul george injury kevin Ware breaking his leg countless would yeah exactly right countless terrible terrible injuries but ultimately i mean in my perspective i think that the the cte the the concussion issue which is something that is unavoidable no matter how safe they make the game in football I think that's going to be the thing that really pushes it towards uh, less and less younger kids growing up playing it because you know it's it's proven you know if you look at the numbers right more people make more money in basketball there's less people on the team but the contracts are getting bigger I think you know with the safety issue and then a lot of the you know with the near future and recent history of the uh the politics getting involved in football is just really creating, I think the perfect storm for the NBA to kind of rise up and, you know, push their quote unquote agenda. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and really start recruiting more people. You know, I don't know the numbers. I, yeah, talking, well, the numbers, the know. numbers say that the NFL is worth 2.5 times more than the NBA currently, which is mm-hmm. an insurmountable amount. You know, there's, there's really not that many NBA markets and, you know, NBA plays every day, which, you know, I get it. You're right. But the NBA will never get to a point where the regular season is meaningful. There's never going to be a point where everybody has their eyes glued to the TV in the middle of January, February, and fucking in fucking March when anybody gives a shit about the NBA because it just won't ever be like that. The regular season isn't important. Stars rest sometimes. Stars don't play. They're on load management, and that's becoming a more and more prevalent thing as the NBA goes on. You know, and the NBA isn't driven by teams. The NBA is driven by stars. And if you're looking at it, Zion needs to be the Lord and Savior for the NBA because if LeBron, once LeBron leaves, it, it needs to be left into somebody else's hands. And the NBA went through a pretty big downturn whenever, before LeBron came into the league. And obviously it was in Kobe's hands for a while. But the NBA is reliant on stars. And the NFL is not reliant on stars. And another thing, Gabe, is I get the whole, you know, a lot of athletes are going to probably switch to basketball from football but you know those 350 pounders that grow up in a rough neighborhood and need a way to go to college it's going to be through football and not through not through basketball those six two six three 
athletic beasts that are just massive humans are going to football and not to basketball. Yeah, maybe we might lose a few great – like maybe we might lose like one or two extra receivers slash tight ends that should be going to the NFL in terms of, you know, Zion Wilson. But there's actually a great fucking tight end. I, I'm forgetting his first name, but it's some it's Washington, and he's out of Las Vegas. He's 6'8", 265 pounds, runs in the four sixes and has a 35-inch vertical, and he has an 85-inch wingspan, and he is choosing to play football, whether that's because he's too big or just not good at pass the ball. But the NFL is in great hands. There's great players coming up. We're about to have one of the best call, the best quarterback prospect in rivals in scout.com's history. He's going to be hitting the NFL in the next two years. The fucking buddy with the long hair, fucking sunshine from goddamn, remember the Titans is about to be taking the NFL by storm in the next two years. So the NFL yeah. is in great hands. You know, the NFL of any league evolves more than anything else. Like, the NBA, it took them how long until the three-point shot became more important? And how many teams are playing from analytics instead of, like, can this guy just make a fucking shot? The NFL is always going to be full of stars. The NFL doesn't rely on stars second off. And, you know, it's about the team and it's about the unit. And there's not much else more I could say. This I, fucking I CTC thing was saying. big in 2012 and 2013. Will Smith is done making fucking movies about it. And now he's doing fucking Aladdin playing as a fucking blue genie right now. So get off the NFL's dick. We're not going anywhere in my goddamn lifetime. The NBA, it no, might still I, continue I, to grow and might close the gap a little bit. But, you know, the only thing the NBA has is the social media. And I don't even think they have that. They just get the day-to-day basis. You know, on Monday, on fucking Friday, on Saturday, on the weekends during the football season, nobody's fucking watching some Russell Westbrook dunk. They're watching fucking Leonard Fournette truck the fuck out of somebody or fucking, you know, Philip Lindsay going choo, 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 or fucking my dog Stephon Diggs breaking some motherfucker's ankle or fucking Russell Wilson running around 360, 360. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Let me just dump this ball off to Doug Baldwin. Boom. And, you know, they, they don't give a shit about the NBA. I don't watch one second I, of the NBA unless it's I fucking Miami Heat saying. versus you know, a big name. The regular season's never going to matter. I don't think I don't think the NFL or the NBA will ever be in a position like the MLB oh, where they're losing out on with top that. caliber players like Kyler Murray, right? I don't think that will ever happen. But I do think that it will level out. And, you know, your point that, you know, the NFL isn't star-driven, I don't necessarily agree with that because, you know, look at Tom Brady. He's a star. He drives the NFL. Look at Cam Newton. These are personalities. Even Vaughn Miller, who's a defensive back, has an insane – you know, social media, but not even social media, but just public figure yeah. aspect. You he know, grows on fucking all chicken. Old spice. You know, and everybody he knows does. it. Yes, he does. It's actually really he, cool. well. He doesn't grow but chickens; he breeds them. But I, I, I don't think that it will be anything that happens within you know the next decade. I think that it's going to be something that happens you know later on in our lifetimes, decades from now, where it starts to see a significant you know leveling of the playing field. But, you know, the NFL is definitely in a position that isn't as, you know, good. So worse off position than the NBA because they are they actively have to combat these issues that they're facing. And the NBA doesn't necessarily face the same issues. So I think that's why it's going to level out more. I don't know if they'll ever overtake it. Because I don't know the numbers. Yeah, no, I give me a few, you know, hours to look at the numbers we could see. Yeah, but. 
ultimately, I, I do think that the NBA is going to be, you know, up and coming and is going to be causing some serious issues to the NFL because, you know, there are those big guys who are going to be playing the NFL at 300 pounders, like you said, but look at Zion, you know. Look at LeBron James. A lot of people said he could have been a tight end, but now he's just the greatest player to ever do it in my book. Yeah, but, no, Gabe, I agree. I agree there. You, know, but, you get what I'm saying. No, I get what you're saying. And, and you know, I just want you to get what I'm saying. You know, the NFL doesn't have mm-hmm. to rely on stars. It's already got a two-and-a-half times fucking lead on the NBA. There's so many teams in the NBA that don't even matter. Any year a team can matter in the NFL. Small market teams in the NFL thrive. Look at Buffalo. It's in the middle of fucking nowhere, and they have their own fucking Bills hashtag Bills Mafia. Look at teams like the New Orleans Saints. That's a small market. Football works Who there. Who that? Who that nation? Pelicans don't work there. Look it's at Green Bay. Green Bay is I, I one mean, of the most you know, noticeable can... teams on I the fucking country. Definitely. I fucking hate Definitely. Green Bay, but they have one of the biggest fan bases <laughs> <But> nationwide. Pittsburgh, <laughs> a, lot a small thing. You know, did you know, digger, digger, did you know why? Well, no, this is a quick dinger fact. Do you know why there's fact. so many Pittsburgh bars and so many Pittsburgh fans everywhere? Did you ever wonder that? Because they drink the most? No, no. <laughs> so around the 1970s and the 1980s, you know, the steel mills, a lot of the steel mills in the coal mines started to close down. You know, they started draining them dry. And they had so many people working there and all these steel mills and coal mining areas. And all the people basically moved to where work was all around the country. And those people were just such hard-nosed, passionate fans because that was back in the days when the Steelers were one of the greatest franchises in the NFL. And yep. it basically Steel spread around the country. And that's why there's Steelers fans everywhere. And, you know, since the Steelers are always good and they've always been a well-run organization, they pass that down to their kids and their kids' kids. And that's why the Steelers have so many fans. Shout out Bob from work. Well, I I mean, that's not much of a a dinger fact there. I thought there was going to be some funny or cool story behind it, but just the fact that people like the Steelers and there's a lot of fucking Steelers fans out there. That doesn't really excite me, Dinger. You, you kind of let me down with that Dinger fact. But, you know, let, let's let, let's recoup now. Let's regroup. Uh, Dinger, I'm sorry that I set you off and uh, might have <laughs> got, like increased your blood pressure a little bit. Uh, I'll let you take a break for a minute. Gabe, let, let's turn the conversation over to you, brother. Um, so tell me about this little this, – this gambling heater that you went on recently. Tell me, tell me what went down. Well, I was just – I was just in the flow of it. You know, I I like to think that with any sport, you know, if you're paying attention and you're actively not only, you know, following the numbers like a lot of people do, but you're putting yourself in the mindset of the player that you could really get into the trends of the game. You know, what I mean by that is that, you know, let's go, let's talk about basketball. A team that loses four games in a row, I don't care what team it is, if it's the Cavs versus the Warriors, the Cavs are on that five-game losing streak. They're going to come out of that freaking game. They're going to be balling. They're going to be on a mission for their own mental sanity to be playing as good as they can. So when these playoffs started, I was trying to put myself in the mindset of these basketball players, these stars, and I just was hitting these bets left and right. You know, just I, I think my record is like 26 and 11, and, you know, that's throughout the whole season. And you start, but, you came into this at like 9 and 9. You came yeah, into the playoffs the, at nine. I was cursed at five hundred, and I just started hitting the bets. <laughs> yeah, I just started when, hitting them. Whenever uh, you won a betting. game under five hundred, I'd bet what you took, and then whenever you won a game above five hundred, I would 
kind of fade you. Gabe, you're, the, on, Gabe, you're 25, you're 25 and 15. And you, everybody needs to keep in mind that he was nine and nine starting and going into the playoffs. So yeah, I was doing really well. And I think, like I said, it was in part of just following the games actively every single game. You know, if I, I found that. You know, yeah. Nuggets how many times do you think you took Nuggets money line? <laughs> Throughout the season or the playoffs? Because the season, I can't tell you. Throughout the you know, season, try, bro, you I were probably to... like 15 and 7 on every Nuggets play. Because I swear, seven of those nine wins were Nuggets. I really try not to bet with my heart. But with my with my squad, it's hard not to. Because they're winning. So when they're winning, I'm winning. So that made me happy. But uh, a lot of good plays uh, came out of the first round. The first round was cake batter. Like, I think the stat on... Uh, minus, uh, minus more than 15 point favorites. No, it was more in, than nine point favorites on the road were like 24 and one at some insane point. stats. There were yeah. some really, really good stats. And, you know, just looking at a game where it's the Detroit Pistons versus the Milwaukee Bucks and they're given a 12 point spread. That's where I was throwing big because in that, in that, you know, the Pistons shouldn't be in the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then they had Blake Griffin out, and they're still giving these juicy spreads. And I was just like, I got to take all these. So I was doing really well. But with the second round, the second round was a little tougher. You know, I was kind of thinking the Celtics were going to do a little better. Uh, I was thinking the Nuggets were going to win in, like, five games. I didn't think that they, you know – trailblazers the trail bums stood a chance but <laughs> dame somehow, time. yeah dame time has passed we could talk about that in a second Ooh. um i was i was expecting more out of the warriors that clipper series was just atrocious i don't know how they even lost to but you know it was a good it was a good series uh good good playoff especially the second round with that freaking houston series man i i was very upset to see houston lose because I mean, I'm tired of watching the Warriors, you know, like most every other person in the freaking world at this point. But to watch the Warriors without KD win game six, even though I lost quite a bit of money, I was very impressed. I I was seeing Curry get locked down zero points in the first half, comes out, scores, I think, 15 in the third, 24 points in the fourth. I mean, it was a pathetic, really utterly pathetic atrocious garbage performance by James Harden, Chris Paul and the rest of that team in the second half. But it was it was just kind of, you know, astounding to watch them play so well, the Warriors, you know, even though they didn't have Durant, they just came out and proved that they are still uh, you know, a force to be reckoned with when Durant's not there. So I think, you know, they'll end up succeeding in the future when he leaves if he leaves, right? But yeah. You know, it's been a good playoffs, and when you know, without there. without LeBron being there, I've been surprised to say this has been one of my more enjoyed playoffs in a long time. I did really wow. enjoy LeBron's run last year. You know, the buzzer beater against Toronto, the buzzer beaters uh, throughout the playoffs. But I think this year has had much more of an impact on the future of the NBA because it's given so many more players the opportunity to shine. Damian Lillard, we got. You know, uh, CJ McCollum, CJ McCollum, we got Jokic, Jamal Murray, we got all these young stars who are really making names for themselves, who are showing the rest of the league and the rest of the people watching that they're going to be around for a long time and they're going to be balling and they got to watch out. You know, it was nice to see 
Westbrook get eliminated in the first round. I mean, I like Westbrook, but I didn't think the Thunder had it in them to even, you know, everybody's saying the, uh, the Thunder are going to go to the finals, the, the, the Western Conference finals. I'm like, in what world? No. Yeah, the right. Thunder, Russell Westbrook wasn't made for today's NBA. He, he can't shoot. It's the league around shooters now. Yeah, no, 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 definitely. And I saw something uh, he posted on his Instagram, Russell Westbrook. He said something along the lines of, uh, you know, people said he was a ball hog, so he, you know, started passing. Now people say he can't shoot, so what's he going to be doing? He's going to be putting in that work. So I wouldn't be surprised if he has his best shooting season of his career next year, honestly, because I think that he's going to be putting himself in that mental state to be a baller. Even when he passes the ball, I feel like he's not like – he still is a ball hog. It's just I'm going to hold the ball for 20 – like. For 20 seconds drive, and if I don't get a shot, I'm going to kick it out for you. You better make this contested. Three. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I'm, – I'm really excited for the future of the NBA, man, because teams like, you know, you guys are talking about you, – you threw a little shade at the Kings earlier in our draft conversation. The Kings are about to be a force to be reckoned with. Man. No, we're yeah, a pro right, Kings healed. podcast. Buddy oh, healed, bro. Oh, yeah. Healed. Buddy, buddy healed. Buddy, buddy healed, buddy. bro. I love that it, That man went off for us in Vegas. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude, when he hit that, when he hit that buzzer beater, bro. Oh yeah, I I had money on that game because you guys put it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Picks. Oh my god, we had everyone on that pick, and that shit fucking hit on a. It was a push. I mean, it was a push, but oh yeah, it was a push. But we were down by like (laughs) ten with like a minute left, and he fucking roared back, and that shit was raw, dude. Oh my gosh, future the NBA in good hands for sure. Yeah, for sure. Gabe, can we get so? Can we get some picks for these series? Yeah, what do you got? Well, you know, I would would have told you yesterday if we did it, uh, but the Warriors are sweeping. I don't care if Durant's not playing. He's not playing in game two. That's already been ruled out of game two. The Warriors are sweeping that series. Uh, If by some chance in hell the uh, Trailblazers win any game, it's going to be game three. Uh But then again, it might have to be the next game because game three, Durant's going to be back. So they're not winning with Durant there. That's just not even a thing. If you, I watched the first half of the game last night, and it was it was just exactly what I expected. It was just the Trailblazers, you know, playing deflated, lackadaisical. I wouldn't say lackadaisical, but just getting outworked. It, they can't handle it. They don't have the depth. Ennis Cantor and Al Farouk Aminu are both fasting. They're Muslims. They're not eating or drinking any water Jeez. while the sun is up. Yeah, they didn't play that, that one out. Nope. Yep. And that's even going into the into timeouts. They don't drink water while the rest of the yeah. drinks water. That's wild. But that sucks. Um, you know, I, I think they're work. gonna sweep. I in regard to the spread, I'm not sure about the spread. I don't know the lines, but I think that's gonna be sweep. I think this Bucks Toronto series is gonna be one of the best series we've seen in a while. Yeah. I yeah. I really think that you know the Bucks have the ability to dethrone the Warriors, but I think this man Kawhi Leonard is on a mission. And a right. half. I think I think he he is really out to prove himself as better than Durant, which is debatable. It's not I would say it's not debatable yet, but I'm thinking he's trying to open that conversation. Mm-hmm. I would say that he's really out to also make this money because next, oh, he's yeah. got to be a free agent. And I know Toronto is going to throw money at him. And with the team they have, I don't I don't know if he would leave. I don't know if he would go anywhere because that's a good that's a good little squad they got. Maybe they could. At a you know a different point guard, Kyle Lowry is kind of a ghost in the playoffs. But yeah, for real. I was seeing I, if what if they picked up Drew Holiday and got rid of Kyle Lowry? That'd be an interesting pairing right there. Yeah, that would that be. Would. He, yeah, Drew Holiday plays with heart, and that's always something good to have on any basketball team. 
But I think with that series, that's going to be one that either goes six or seven. I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk 4-1 with either team winning. Um, I think the Bucks are going to win tonight. Uh, I think that ultimately, you know, Giannis is going to be himself and he's going to be a monster. They lost game one against the Celtics, so I know they're going to come out swinging tonight. I know they're going to be on a mission to really, uh, you know, win. I'm not sure the spread, but I do know that they're. I think they're going to win, it, you know, a large part comes to the role players because Giannis can do it all, but he, you know, no one person can win a game is the way I see it in basketball. It's a team sport. That's for sure. Uh, I think Chris Middleton is going to really ball out. I think Brooke Lopez is going to have to hit those threes out of nowhere. I saw some stat with Brooke Lopez, how prior to the season, he hit two threes in his whole career. Now I said about like, <laughs> it was prior to 2017. It was prior to 2017 last year. Before, Thank you. Like Dinger. when you saw on the net. Yep. Yep, right. yep, yep. It's the new NBA we live in, guys. They're fucking big men shooting threes. Fucking ridiculous. But, uh, yo, let, let, let's try to wrap it up here. You know, baby, Gabe, let's, let's get your picks. Let's get the picks. I'll say, I'll say Warriors in four, uh, Bucks in six, and then I'll say for the finals, shit, that's tough. That's tough. Um, man, I, I'm going to. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with my gut. I'm gonna say Bucks in seven. Game Oof. seven, Giannis goes off for forty three with ten assists and thirteen rebounds. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I think they get dethroned this year. I hope they get dethroned this year. I don't wanna see Durant hoist another freaking championship. That but fucking, those, are, those are my picks. Slytherin and, snakes. And for for the rest of the picks, I'll drop them in the in the chat once we yeah. get those uh those lines up and uh, I see them and we could post them on the uh on the Instagram IG. page there. Yeah, oh yeah. Gabe, yeah, definitely. Gabe, what's your Instagram so the so the listeners can give you a shout out, check you out. Oh, maybe uh, maybe not give it to us. Well, um maybe, nah, it's cool. It's cool. Uh it's Gabriel Vivi, first name, last boy. name, and uh just to give a few shout outs. Shout out all my dogs, my gambling squad, Lock Talk Chat, you know. You got to keep making this money. Shout Let's out my girl. Son. Shout out my yeah. dog Bronco. Shout out my <laughs> mama. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. That's uh, what I'm talking about. It was, Gabe, uh, that's why we wanted you on this show because you're a man of the people. We fuck with you, brother. It was, it was a really good, uh, really good experience. I'm glad I came out here today. This was a great time. I'm excited. I got to be on here another time. Uh, once the finals start, I'll hop back on here and we can, uh, we can do this. You already again. know. You already know. Dinger, let's let, let's give a round of applause for our boy Gabe here. Finally making it happen, Gabe. Yep. Yep. Dinger, you got any final thoughts for our listeners tonight, or we can wrap this up here? Um, just gotta. I just want to thank Gabe for finally coming on the podcast. Um, once again, you know, DM either myself or my boy Jack, or you know, the totally uncored for Instagram page. Go follow that shit at Tuf Podcast on all forms of social media, and you know, send us a DM if you have a special topic you want to come on the pod and talk about. We're always taking new and unique style of guests. To bring yep. on our show. Yep. Actually, thank you for saying that, Dinger. We got two brothers coming on next week to tell us a very, very interesting story. You guys will not want to miss this. Gabe, wrap us up. Say peace out to our listeners for us. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. You know, all we do is win, follow the picks. We're not going to lose. We've never lost. You're, We're too big. You're too big. Yeah. Crazy, y'all. This is totally uncalled for, baby. Peace out. Mm-hmm.